Welcome home, where homeownership matters for all. A production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors. A voice for real property rights. This is Marsha Vaughn, and I want to welcome you to the OCHAR 2022 Talk About. This is our May episode, and I am particularly excited to welcome our guest for today, Matt Denson, who happens to be my broker in charge, which is not an easy job. And he is the branch leader for Alan Tate's Chapel Hill, Pittsburgh, and Durham offices, and uh, a trainer to many. Isn't that right, Matt? I guess. Yeah, I guess. yeah. You've got a whole trail of people you've trained and trained well. Okay, so Matt, we're here today to talk about legislative affairs, and they're going to see the title and just yawn. And, you know, if we're fortunate enough to have them actually download this and listen, we want to give them something fun to, to yeah. hear about. Yeah, there will be no quiz for the four of them at the end of this. <laughs> 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 okay, so tell me and our audience, how did you get involved? in legislative affairs. Wow. And, and maybe you can also kind of define what we're talking about when we say legislative okay. affairs. Sure. How did I get into it? So in 2016, I went through the Triangle Leadership Academy. So that's a collection of, I believe it's around 20 realtor professionals in the Triangle region. So it's not tied to a specific association. It's not an OCHAR, it's not a DRAR, it's not an RAR. It's a region-wide. And out of that, a big component is finding what direction in the realtor space most interests you. So for me, government affairs was a big piece. My father spent about a year, maybe less, around a year in D.C. He worked for Senator Barry Goldwater, the state of Arizona. And he has some phenomenal stories. And I've always loved D.C. It's it's my fiance, Sarah, and I's favorite town to travel to. So government has just always been of interest to me. Uh Been fascinating. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. And, and on the OCHAR side, which we'll get into, I really love because our communities that a lot of our OCHAR members are where they live, work, play, are smaller towns where we have a lot more accessibility. Yeah. So yeah. when we you, talk You mean about accessibility to like local leaders? Our elected officials, yes. Gotcha. Yes. And I think that's the best part is really that, that ability to touch that elected official and be a part of their time in office and where we can help share our notes and we can help educate them, which are things that we're going to talk about. I think those are really key elements. Regarding government affairs with an OCHAR, I'd say fell backwards into it, (laughs) but we have a phenomenal group. Randy Baller, uh, he handles more of the Chatham County side. Uh I handle more of the Orange County side, and Randy is just an absolute wealth of knowledge himself. So he and I together, really, we brainstorm and think about ideas, and then that's what we talk about within our committee meetings. Okay, wasn't Randy, or maybe he still is, the mayor of Pittsburgh? Former mayor of Pittsburgh, yes. yes. Hmm. So he is very in touch with a lot of current elected officials, Mm -hmm. former elected officials who still have some influence. So yes. Yeah, so do you guys look for uh, people to sit on that committee who have a connection to local uh, community leadership? Or is it more just an, an interest and an interest in being active? I, look, I'd say anybody who has any type of inkling, interest, knowledge of just sit in on a meeting anytime. Our, our mm-hmm. meetings are the third Monday of every month. They're already scheduled. Um, I'd love for them to reach out to me. And if they just want to sit in, It's not so much a matter of they have to have an interest in government affairs. I think government affairs is the catalyst for keeping an eye on the realtor industry and home ownership in the area and all these things that I think we take for granted a little bit because it's just so prevalent in the United States, Mm -hmm. right, And, and within our area. But really the government affairs committee, we're keeping an eye on our local elected officials. Okay, so let me ask you this. How does OCHAR get involved with legislative affairs? And here's the key question. Why should we care? (laughs) (laughs) You obviously care. And I know I, for one, am very grateful that there are people like you. And I love the um, grassroots nature of what you're doing. The, The old hippie in me loves that. 
Um, and also the social worker that I used to be, because that's where change happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us, why should we care? Why should we listen up? I think our realtor members should care whether they get involved or not. I think that's that's ultimately we want people who are going to be involved. But if you don't want to be involved, keeping an eye on those weekly top fives that Ochar is sending out. One of the things that we've done really well, we've accomplished twice now, are that in the most recent elections, we've interviewed candidates. So in this case, for the primary, we just sent out a survey. The last time we sent out a survey, and we, we did have an interview, where those come in are that the federal and state level elections are the ones that receive the buzz. That's what you hear about on the news. Yeah, That's yeah. what we see. But if we think about what government affairs and what our job really is at this local level, is what you see in your city and what is impacting you day to day, that's happening at the at the city and the county. Right, level. right. So and impacting what we do in it, a huge way and it, what our clients experience. Absolutely. Why should we care? So let's go back. I know many of you don't want to, but let's go back to <laughs> March, April of 2020. Chapel Hill, Raleigh, Wake County, Orange County, we were considered essential workers. Our friends in Durham were not considered essential. Our oh, friends yeah. in Greensboro were not considered essential. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the changes that came, whether we were considered essential workers or not, came from your local association reaching out to the contacts they had. One of which, in, in, in our case, is somebody we work with, Tony Jarrett. He knew enough people in the Greensboro area and in the Guilford County area that they moved them away from being mm-hmm. non-essential. So. That's a real that's a real life example. Yeah. But, but we can also point directly to, you know, the the water quality issues in Pittsburgh and Chatham County right now. The the short term rentals that have come up in Chapel Hill and that conversation we've had. We've been involved and, and we've had discussions or attempted mm-hmm. to have conversations. And so, excuse me, are you guys actually picking up the phone and calling the the mayors or council in some people cases. and? And they're receptive in some cases, okay. and, and that's what well, we can get into that a little bit more. But we don't want to. Again, I'm glad the four of you are still on. But <laughs> but but we when we when we talk about why should why should our realtor members care? It, it's not so much that they need to get involved or oh, I, I don't want to get involved with government because of the politics side. Well, we're not involved in the political side, and and when we're running a survey, we treat all candidates the exact same. It's about the realtor issues and and how that elected official will approach those issues that I really think is where a realtor member who's sitting on the fence, especially in a primary, right? A primary in Chapel Hill, for instance, is probably going to determine the race because right. there's only right. one party that runs. And and so yeah. so I think that 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 simply just keeping your eye on it and, and hearing about or if you hear something in your town or your county that you have questions about, come and have a conversation with Randy and I. And and if there's something that has slipped between the cracks because mm-hmm. we're human and we we have a number of ways that we get information, but we, we would love to hear from our from our realtor members. Yeah, because this is a huge resource for OCHAR members that mm-hmm. I believe most members don't recognize, don't don't understand is available to them. And um, even if somebody just wants to have a conversation about something they're seeing out in the field. I, I think that you or one of your committee people would be a worthwhile call Absolutely. to make. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we've had those conversations. One of the push Randy, Randy and I have Randy Voller. You're going to hear me refer. So Randy Voller on the Chatham side, what he's brought up when there are local committees and boards at the, at the county level and at the city level. So for instance, there was a commission put together for water quality in Chatham County. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a realtor on that, uh, in really? that group. Really? When the town of Chapel Hill was going through the conversation about short-term rentals, we didn't have a realtor member involved. And that's on us. At a certain point, it's, we can't say, oh, the city or the county is not allowing us in. Mm-hmm. We need to look inwards because we haven't fostered those relationships to the level that we probably need to. So, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be the other side is you don't have to be political to – have a conversation about moving your mm-hmm. city or your Ashley, Ashley Campbell. Campbell. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Ash, Ashley Campbell. So she was involved in the study on these 
PFOAs, forever chemicals yeah, that people yeah, have read about. Yeah, she's the one that educated me about it. Yeah. So, and and that's another topic where the the PFOA and and I'm I'm not the person to educate. I, I think realtors should probably be doing their own homework on PFOAs, but the pinch point on PFOAs and the forever chemicals in in water supply. Our pinch point is that the EPA has never come out and said what an acceptable level of PFOAs in water are. So let's use uh, something that all realtor members know. It's the same as picocuries and radon testing. If we want to keep it simple, we know once you hit four picocuries, is it four, yep, I believe? Yep, yep. Four picocuries, when there's a radon test, that's too high and typically steps need to be taken. But ultimately, it's up to the consumer. That consumer could say, I'm not even comfortable with two picocuries or radon. I want a radon mitigation system. And they've done their work because there are plenty of studies on the impacts of of radon. It's the number one cause of lung cancer. Right. So I, I sense, Matt, that we need to hesitate somewhat when we're giving, um, when we're educating our clients, because we don't want to sound dogmatic on a point when, in fact, we might be wrong. And in the case you're talking about with the water issue in Pittsburgh, it there is so much gray area. And I love your point that it comes down to what does your client consider most important? Give them the information and then let, let them decide. But the more information that Legislative Affairs Committee can give us, the better armed we are. Absolutely. It, it is, it's, it's a very tough it's a tough nut to crack because we don't want a situation where a consumer is purchasing in our market and is not aware of the water quality issues. The feedback I've heard that a lot of consumers are aware, but we know we have so many people migrating into the state that may not be aware that going back, I, I, the, we have to have something from the EPA, in my opinion. That's, that's strictly my opinion. We need to have something from the EPA at the national level of what level of these PFOAs, these forever chemicals, are going to be acceptable moving forward. And and do I remember correctly that that is being worked on? I I don't know. I I don't know. And and this is a good point. You you bring up a really good point. There's a certain level within government affairs that extends beyond our reach. So for our members, our OCHAR members, government affairs, you may say, oh, well, I know about this issue that's statewide. So statewide issues are going to be held by, are going to be handled, excuse me, by the North Carolina Association of Realtors. Something that's a federal level issue, so a nationwide issue, that's going to be handled by the National Association of Realtors. So we don't get involved in elections at the state and the federal level. We don't get involved in issues at the state or the federal level. We really stay, and why I think that it's I think that members don't understand and that could draw them into our own government affairs committee or interest in government affairs committee is simply that our laser focus is on what's happening in your back. Yeah, I love that. What's happening in Chapel Hill, what's happening in Carborough, Pittsburgh, Siler City, these cities that we all live in as realtors and and what happens there is Mm -hmm. my own opinion is, is, that's where our focus needs to be. Yep, Things absolutely. move slowly as you as you work up the, the track. And, right. and I think we're going to have a conversation about what we should keep an eye on in the state and the federal level. But mm-hmm. but I think we can keep a laser focus on our local level because that's mm-hmm. what's going to impact us. Right. That's where we're, we're out working in the field, as, as they say. So, Matt, what are the current hot button issues. We talked about water. We read about affordable housing every day. Um, depending on your client base, you might be struggling with that firsthand. Sure. I'll start at the federal level. Federal level from D.C. I was uh, I, I was lucky enough to attend legislative meetings in D.C. the first week of May. So we'll talk about a few things and we'll talk about an opinion-based <laughs> one. Uh, the the one that I would say you, the topics that we're hearing about on the national level are affordable housing, fair housing, and then I'm going to mash them up together and I'm going to say ensuring affordable fair housing. So when we say affordable housing, it's tough right now. We, we as realtors, we get frustrated. I know we've all seen those builders that are paying out commissions at a lower rate and 
I'm government affairs podcast, thank God. So I don't have to talk about that. But but <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> issue. That's yeah, right. we're going to do one on new construction <laughs> and builders. That's right. But you know, I think I think the only thing on the builder side, the new construction side, because that's where the inventory is coming in, right? Is the 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 amount of money that is tied up in regulatory costs on a new construction home is absurd. Uh, the number that I've heard, the average amount of money tied up in regulatory affairs on new construction nationally is ninety-two thousand dollars. Wow! So, so if you're so, but, but it sounds like what what this message did in part was give you a much greater appreciation for what builders yeah, are dealing with. Absolutely, and, and I have to say that since COVID started, that's been my my experience in terms of looking at builders and seeing the the huge challenges they have at a time when this should be a somewhat rewarding time for them. But Absolutely, it's punishing. Absolutely, and and I'm, I'm we try to give them the benefit of the doubt because we do business on parallel tracks, and and I don't believe that builders have any intent of taking one over on realtors or gouging a consumer. I, I think they're trying to deliver the best product at the best price. They, they have to make a profit. And right. Any right. business does. But, you know. And, and some of them relate to realtors better and in a more meaningful and professional way than others. I mean, I've got my favorite builders because in part how they treat me and include me in my client's experience with yeah, them. Absolutely. And I, the cost of materials and, and the inflationary period we're in right now, the cost of labor, the fact that we don't have enough laborers in specialty right. trades, right? right? I, I, it's a perfect storm for these costs for builders and new construction to really skyrocket to the point that that's the inventory that's coming into the market. And, and, and I think some consumers feel as though that's their entry point into the market because I'm not going to go up against 15 other offers. And then they find out that they are because there's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one part, but, but I'd say we talk about fair housing. We should all be happy that not happy that it was happening up on, up on Long Island in New York and the Newsday report. We shouldn't be happy that it happened, but the fact that it it was illuminated the way that it was, mm-hmm. the way that mm-hmm. our industry needed to get better, and the steps that NAR has taken and NCA, NCR has taken and our local associations, I, I would say, and, and I'm a branch leader, I'm a broker in charge, so my angle is different, but I, I wish that every OCHAR office had a push to complete Fairhaven and to, to understand implicit bias. And when we talk about implicit bias, that that's bleeding into keeping affordable fair housing some of that now is now is, has bled into the the appraisal industry mm. and making sure that these historically these neighborhoods that are historically minorities are are now we're now seeing light shine on the fact that they're not appraising at a certain at a level as mm-hmm. other neighborhoods are that are close by and, and, and was that discussed in DC we it was talked about it was talked about, and some some people made the comment that they are just now catching up to appraisal rates of 2005 in historically black neighborhoods in Atlanta, and appraisers that I'm not I'm not trying to throw appraisers under the bus. It's it's a it's an industry wide no, issue, but it's, and it's an it's a um, nationwide mindset that it, it's it's racism. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about an enormous yeah. Enormous yeah. issue and task at hand. Yeah. So I'd say those are the main issues at the federal level. State level, I, I'd probably say one part is I think the the General Assembly in Raleigh, they're, they're going to be in a short session now. So hopefully we'll have a full session come fall. They, I, I would assume they're going to start taking a look at short-term rentals from a statewide perspective. Okay, so for those who don't understand – what that is how does how does that become a hot hot button issue so it essentially was something that realtors national association state level us locally we got caught in the undertow in a battle between the hoteliers and the airbnb oh, okay. in local communities where hotel owners their take was that 
Airbnbs were bad. They were taking business from them. Mm-hmm. And so they used their own power that they wield and, and, and their lobbyists and their lobbyists to make accusations. And then the short term rental side used their lobbyists and their money to make the claim. And I'm not, I'm, I hope I'm not, I'm not sharing an opinion on this one way or the other was, was that there are home ownership rights involved in that, which I, I do agree with. There's home ownership rights that I own my house. I should be able to do whatever I want with it. But then obviously we know if you live in an HOA, you've probably seen now language in an updated HOA contract that states that you cannot have a short-term rental yeah, or if you yeah. rent, it has to be for a certain amount of time. Many of them, yeah. What impact does that have on resale value? And when we see it in Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill was much smaller. In Wilmington, it actually led to lawsuits. So the city of, of Wilmington was sued. They were taken to court. Okay, if I'm a homeowner in somewhat urban downtown yeah. Wilmington, yeah. that's a huge Airbnb market potentially. So sure. I don't want to be told I can't do that. Sure. And and I think that the General Assembly's view on it would probably be, we experienced this in Wilmington. Are we now going to experience it in Boone? Are we now going to experience it in, in, in Asheville? I, we have a number of towns, obviously, beach and mountains, that we're blessed with in the state, but those lend themselves to resort oriented to, to that. So so I'd say that I'd say that on the state level. Um, I also think something schools wise, the report just came out. I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation today. We're, We're 44th in the country in spending per pupil. And we're, we're looking at all of these businesses that are now coming here. And especially as OCHAR members, We've heard about VinFast. We've heard about um, FedEx. We've heard about Amazon. There's large companies that are moving here. Well, they, those high-end executives, they have kids and their workers have kids. And so they expect excellent schools. So we need to raise the bar on lower levels of education. Obviously, I think our higher education in this area is unmatched. Phenomenal, yeah. So, so that'd be, I'd say... Now, if we want to talk more on the local level, so we talked about, we talked about water quality... Uh, I think the other thing that we all want to keep an eye on is the infrastructure of these towns in Chatham County that could best be served by mm-hmm. the movement of these large companies moving in. Because the reality is you've got Lee County and Randolph County. So Lee County is serving Sanford area, mm-hmm. Randolph County serving Ashboro area. Those are still close enough that those could attract incoming potential homeowners. And and so we need to be keeping an eye on the infrastructure of Chatham County to make sure that it will serve uh, the number of people Mm -hmm. uh, that could move into the area. You know, Chatham County is um, such a unique place. And yet also, uh, I think, a harbinger of the future, because it's growing so fast. It first of all, Area-wise, it's so huge. And um, now we see the average cost of new or, or home sales there outnumbering mm-hmm. all of the surrounding communities, including Orange County. That's right. Um, so I think that it's a great um, beta project for us to watch and see elsewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the infrastructure of a town, as we know, is, is so important and it's key to – how it will develop, where it will be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So that's probably the biggest thing in Chatham County along with water. And and I'm sure I'm going to miss things. I'm I'm trying to gloss over. Chapel Hill, Carbo, Hillsboro, I'd probably say the Orange County rural buffer conversation. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. That that did come up during the primary election cycle. Can you I, take a second and just talk about that a little bit? For new agents, what's the rural buffer? So the rural buffer was put into place so that specific ta- town of Chapel Hill, town of Hillsborough, town of Carborough, and the county as a whole, while it grew, it was growing so that it kept its... I personally think Chapel Hills, Chapel Hill is my favorite place in the entire state of North Carolina. I'm lucky enough to live here. So Chapel Hill wanted to keep the beauty and the, 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 the way that Chapel Hill is viewed is it was, to, it was made to protect mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. like the town of Chapel Hill. So mm-hmm. that meant slowing down growth, or if we were going to grow, we were going to grow in a certain way. 
And that happened in the 80s. And then obviously, as the area grew and, and is now catching up to what a lot of us have known for a long time about how attractive the area is, commentary around the rural buffer has been how much is it helping versus how much is it really slowing down and hurting development, specifically on the residential side. The residential development that we're seeing, if you live in Chapel Hill, you know the the development that you're seeing are apartment complexes. That's right, right. what the development is. And, and then you have organizations like CHALT that in my mind represent the uh, the majority of my neighbors in my this we're in the middle of Chapel Hill and a lot of my neighbors are retired academics from UNC and Duke and they are missing the old Chapel mm-hmm. Hill and they represent some of the voices that you hear through Chalt. Sure, and they're the, not happy. And those and those voices absolutely. I I think there's a right way to do it. And I, I'm not on here to sound like a politician. I think there's a right way to develop and grow, keeping some density, keep, keeping density in certain areas that are already dense and maybe those evolve and change might be the route to go. Um, I think we're always going to try to balance in Chapel Hill. And, and, and we should point to the fact that Let's give our town of Chapel Hill leaders some credit because I think that Mm -hmm. they are always going to run up against wanting to keep Chapel Hill beautiful and keeping Chapel Hill what it Mm -hmm. is. But Chapel Hill has also exploded in interest of people that want to be here that are that were never involved with the university, which has changed and evolved a lot in the history of the town. So it's it's a tough it's a tough spot for for Chapel Hill specifically to be in. Yeah. And 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 I know that well. And it, it's a, excuse me. It's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here seven years ago, I came from a community which will go unmentioned that was starting to feel depressed and would kill for the kind of growth that Chapel Hill uh, mm-hmm. has. And it was also a university town. Mm-hmm. So when I heard my neighbors bemoaning the growth. I thought, oh, gosh, we need to be thankful for that growth. But now that I've lived here for a while, I completely understand. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends now grew up in Chapel Hill. She's just heartsick over missing the the village feel that Chapel Hill was and will never have again. And I've adopted a little bit of that myself. But going back to your point about how, you, you know, you kind of apologize for sounding like a politician. But how do you how do you not how do we not? As realtors, how does the OCHAR Legislative Committee not step forward and take a stand on issues that we are so, so familiar with prof- professionally? I, I think our, so I, unfortunately, I can't pass this buck on, on to Randy. Um, <laughs> I've already said <laughs> I handled it. we need to get area. Randy on the phone? I said, I said I already handled this area. So, so Randy gets a, <laughs> gets, gets to stand at this. I, I think that as as realtors, we're in such a unique spot because we're not politicians, but we have a lot of ability to have conversations and see things from a different perspective. Because I think every realtor who serves Chapel Hill has ever had a transaction in Chapel Hill, lives in Chapel Hill. We don't want to see a departure, a drastic departure from where we are right now. I think we have to understand we we have to understand that with the way the university is growing and with where traditional housing for the university has been and how that has changed because that's played a role as well mm-hmm. a lot of that product has become extremely outdated mm-hmm. has had to come down has had to change you see some of it over at Glen Lennox is a good example my father lives in Glen Lennox but you can see how some of that is tired and Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually think, I mean, this is my opinion, but uh, but I guess my professional opinion as well, that what they've done with Glenn Lennox is an excellent example of how you can, can make um, kind of both camps happy. Mm-hmm. It's already zoned. De- it's, it's zoned for the density, right? And, uh-huh. And and I think that, but that's, it's maintained some of the historical integrity. Yeah. Now, not everybody would agree with that, but yeah. I do think that they've done a decent job. Yeah. I, I just the I, developers. I think I think when we and, and we're going to see a development that's coming across the street from Southern Village, 
Oh, yeah, I've read about that. And we need to understand, and I think the conversation around that part, I've read some of the opinions of people in the community, not realtor members, was simply that this is going to increase traffic on that stretch of 15501. Traffic Mm -hmm. is already bad enough. When I head to the Pittsburgh office, I, I go right through that area. And so smart growth is smart growth is the buzzword, but I think looking for where opportunities where we don't maybe there's a chance like Glenlenix where it's already zoned for a certain density. Can we expand and make it a little bit more dense? Can we go a little bit higher? Right? Those were single story. Mm-hmm. Could we put duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes in certain areas that are already zoned mm-hmm. that way that keep some of those. Yeah, that's that's not popular in my neighborhood. It's, it's, when you start talking about four stories instead of three stories. It makes a difference. It, there's it a makes a difference. Big community of people who scream foul. Yeah. But yeah. It's, anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. I, I caused you to get no. off topic, but <laughs> back to the hot button issues. Those are the things. What we do is we, we actually get every single week, we have the opportunity to see a full list. We have a phenomenal, the GAD is our government affairs director. Uh, we get him from the North Carolina level. Uh, his name is Ryan. And Ryan each week sends out a report of every county meeting, city meeting, anything locally in the area. And he's I'm sorry, us- the GAD is part of... NAR or he's the North Carolina okay realtors level and and so he's given X number of areas that he oversees and and assists us so if we want to have a conversation with uh, an elected official that maybe we don't already have a relationship with mm-hmm. he's our person who creates that creates yeah. that yeah gotcha. creates that communication and so every single week we get a report from him we get we can keep our eye on what's going on, what, what is being talked about. And, and so that's really where we keep up with issues. And it's an exhaustive list to go through. Yeah, it's it's amazing the um, network that we have as realtors mm-hmm. that you're describing here that nobody's aware of. Yeah, yeah. We need to come up with a big organizational chart and <laughs> show it off. Not that anybody would look at it. But <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that that's the other part that I hope people – understand is is something every once in a while we'll have a realtor member come and say oh i'm good friends with this person who serves in general assembly in raleigh or i'm good friends with somebody who knows some you know our representative in dc and those are great relationships and i know ryan would be interested we, we love new ways that we can make inroads but really what we try to do is is First of all, we're staying hyper-local, so think city officials, county commissioners. But really, one of the conversation pieces, and this came from the former mayor of Atlanta. Um, her name, she's phenomenal. If you if you get an opportunity to look her up, the things that she did in Atlanta. Um, Keisha Lance Bottoms, she shared a comment that resonated. I made a note on my phone when she said it. Elected officials come and go. But realtors are consistent. All right. And that was impactful because in Atlanta, the realtor group down there that I think did a phenomenal job with this. And this is now one of our directives that we're instituting for OCHAR Government Affairs Committee is that every single month, every two months, at, at minimum every two months, the realtors would send mayor, city officials, county commissioners would send them an update on what's going on in the real estate industry from our perspective that we believe our elected officials should know. Mm-hmm. So rather than being reactive, because I think that it's it would be very easy to sit back, watch issues, watch how things develop, and then we key in on Siler City is having this conversation, the county commissioners in Ch- Chatham County are having this conversation, the town of Chapel Hill, and then reacting to that and calling for an audience with those elected officials, that's very easy to do. But I think that the better avenue where we can make an impact, where we admittedly have not been strong within OCHAR, is that we want to now stay in front of our elected officials at minimum every month by sending them something similar Hmm. where they see our face. They know who OCHAR 
realtor members are, we send an email piece to them uh-huh. every 30 days, every 60 days, uh-huh. whatever that might be. And we're still working through, we're working, mm-hmm. I mean, we're working so far through that we're trying to figure out what email address it should come from, gotcha. right? So, gotcha. because that's important. We, yeah. it shouldn't be, it's, it's not attached to a name. It's not my name. It's not Randy's name. Are you getting any interaction yet? The interaction that we have had so far has been with the surveys that are going out to those who are running during their campaign. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, People are responsive. It's with those. not quite at the level that we'd want. Obviously, in a perfect world, you'd get 100% responses. That's not reality. I think our target would probably be about 50% we'd get back. Okay. When we have a conversation about our elected officials and we send those surveys out to them or we're trying to have a conversation. We want that consistency so that we're looked at as a resource so that when a topic comes up or we need to call for that audience, that's not the first time they're hearing from us. We are already painted as the resource for anything real estate related Mm -hmm. for an industry for, for this side of the realtor party and 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 keep in mind that does that that does not cross lines into Democrats Republicans. Right, That's, right. That is but, us talking about issues. But Matt, let me ask this: So if I'm Joe Schmo and nobody really knows me, but I'm very interested in uh, running for town council in Chapel Hill, and you send me, uh, and I've got a shoestring marketing budget um, or advertising budget or whatever they call it when you're running for office. Um, and you send me a survey, good grief, that's free advertising mm-hmm. for me. Why would I not respond to that? Do they not want to be pinned down on the issues that you're asking about? I don't have a good reason as to why they wouldn't respond. I, I can understand. So one of the questions on our surveys, the very last question on our survey is, would you be interested in receiving more information and or funds from our PAC? And I can understand when certain people running say no. I, I and the, we've received responses where people say, well, "I don't want to receive money from." Why, why do they not want to? Because we're they don't want to be see, seen tied to PACs as a whole, but, not our PAC. But, but we're bipartisan or nonpartisan. Yeah, I, I think for some candidates, and I've never been a candidate. I've never asked a candidate the direct question. I, I think mm-hmm. some of it could be tied to. If we wanted to walk down that road and we wanted to put the hat on of an elected official or somebody running is somebody can see publicly that RPAC funded them. RPAC, in some people's mind, could be viewed as, oh, you're pro-growth. We talked about Chalt. Chalt could say, oh, you're pro-growth. You want to do X, Y, and Z in Chapel Hill. Of course. I'm sorry. That was sort of an ignorant question on my part because as realtors, of course, we are. Sure. uh, Depending on the person you're talking to, we are associated with all sorts of things. Sure. And and a lot of times that that may not be the case, but I, I think it's just having your name tied to an organization, whereas when it comes to responding the reason we send out the survey, and I would love it if an elected official or, or one of our OHR members runs for office and, and they hear, we want to mm-hmm. simply share. I'm, I'm very proud. And I know Randy was too. I can speak for the committee on this. When we met, we looked at how information was being disseminated on local politicians. And this is not other associations. This is other groups as a whole who send out these types of surveys to elected officials we send our realtor members the exact questions that were asked, the exact response the politician, the elected, the, the, the person running for office responded with. We share the grade that we gave them. So the, us as a, we as a committee, we go through and we grade their response relative to how it would impact OCHAR, how it impact realtors. Do we believe that this is positively impacting our mm-hmm. industry and and then we we give each of them a grade, and we tell our realtor members, did we did we send them money or not? Mm-hmm. So we can't endorse someone. We can't just endorse. We either send people money. We either send money or we don't send money. There's there's no formal there's endorsement. No endorsement. Why is that? If we're sending them money, that's a state level question. Okay. So. But but we only sent money to four people. We had five asked for it. We sent to four. We made a decision based on a certain race with the responses that we got back, and that was input from 
government affairs committee. That was input from Ryan, our government affairs director. That was input from our CEO of based on the responses we got, we would rather see this person in office due to the relationship that we believe that we could have with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, we go back to why do we need to have the relationship? It was an extreme example, but March, April of 2020 and COVID and and those conversations, being able to pick up the phone. And and I really think showing them, it needs to be a two-way street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not all politicians are out for Mm self-fulfilling purposes. Not all politicians Mm -hmm. are out to make a name. And and that's, again... Should we be encouraging more realtors to run for local office? I'd love it. I'd love... I, I think... The I mean, should voices. that be a goal of OCHARS to try to identify and help people who have that interest anyway to to be representing our concerns? If we had a realtor member who was legitimately interested in it, yeah, we would love to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's – I think politics – and I hate to even call it politics because I think the politicking that's happening in – Raleigh at General Assembly and in D.C. at those levels and the way that the average person today views it is negative. It leans more negative than positive. And I think that the view that some people have in regards to would I want to run for office and get the blowback that I've seen. Right, right. Right. I think that hinders some people, oh. but we would love to have at all if, levels. If, yeah. there, if there was somebody who was interested, it um, I think it would be phenomenal or, mm-hmm. or serve mm-hmm. on a local commission. And, and we couldn't endorse, but we could support. We can support. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about your, you mentioned your recent trip to D.C., um, what was that? Was that conference titled a certain something? The legislative meetings, annual legislative meetings of NAR of National Association of. Okay, yes. okay, and you met with Richard Burr and Tom Tillis. Yes, so they there's every year the legislative meetings occur in D.C. and at the North Carolina level they set up a meeting with the senators. For us to all come together. So there were probably 60 of us. We were in the Kennedy caucus room. Oh, neat. Uh, in the Senate office buildings. And it's it's a good opportunity for us to see them. I want to set the proper understanding and expectations of we're not sitting down one-on-one like this having a conversation with, uh-huh. in this uh-huh. case, Tillis and, and Burr. That wasn't the – that's not the way that that's set up. So, so there actually are realtors – who are tied to every single elected official at the state and the federal level. Richard Burr is married to one. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, Richard Burr and, and, and Tom Tillis is – Susan Tillis is a branch oh, leader for Oh, my Alan goodness. Tate. I'd forgotten. So, oh, my gosh. So, so they both they are some, married to realtors. That's they, amazing. They, yeah, they get some they, – they get uh, – I'm sure they hear some things. Yeah. So – Yeah. So – So did they seem I, – I guess I just want you to tell us – do they seem receptive or receptive in a um, – they're just kind of checking it off a list that they need to check? And do are they willing to make the changes or to, to work hard to make the changes in this very difficult political environment where nobody's working across the aisle? Sure. Well, we or have- it doesn't seem like – much is happening across the aisle. <laughs> well, we we want we want to understand. So I think there's a few there's a few layers to your question. So do I think that they are? Do I think that they take that time with us seriously? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that it's an important piece to them because the realtor party is one of the largest packs in the country. So realtor members are known as having a very strong base. And the RPAC funds, we, we have RPAC fundraisers. I hope all of our members donate whatever they can to RPAC. That's due to RPAC. And, and because of the way that we can influence legislation, bills, we can have conversations. Mm-hmm. So, so we have lobbyists in D.C. We have lobbyists in D.C. We have lobbyists at, at the state level. State level of General Assembly. And but that's the nice thing, and that's the other note that I'd like to make about RPAC funding 
And this is a recent change was that for a long time, the feedback we received on RPAC was, I don't want to donate to RPAC because RPAC gave money to insert name of candidate you don't like. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The change that they've made is that, 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 is na- tricky. that now you can donate funds to RPAC for specific issues. Okay. So that's an important point in this podcast mm-hmm. is that we can be supportive of RPAC, but pick and choose. Correct. So, so rather than I'm going to donate this money and this money might go to politician X that I don't support. Instead, I could say, I want this money to go to topic A that does impact me and the lobbyist that's going to work to put together the language, the conversation, set the time, set the meeting, and and, and put in the work on that piece of legislation, which I think is, is very important for our members to understand because I understand, I, I, I get why our members don't necessarily always want to donate to our PAC because of things that, and especially the, the way that it seems it's evolved in the last X number of years, right? I, I understand that position, but I think that it's very important for us to know that we can still, your money does matter. And I'm not on here to, to grandstand for money. I'll leave that up to Pat to handle, <laughs> but, but, that that's where that that's where that money comes in and and again our another piece of our pack is we did we donated directly to those running for offices based on the responses that they sent back to us and i think that that's a really important piece is that is sometimes money can buy a relationship and mm-hmm. those four are no, going that, to remember. Right. That's what makes the world go around politically. That, that, right. That we, that we appreciated their responses enough mm-hmm. that we did decide to donate to their campaign. So, so Matt, as we wrap things up here, how do you motivate us as realtors to get involved? You know, we're all busy. We all don't completely get, I mean, I think that way too many realtors don't understand the kind of support that's coming from local and state and regional associations of realtors and national. So how do you motivate it? If there's one thing that you'd like us to do, what is it? We are in a very unique point as an association where we've pivoted a bit as a, as a committee in how we're going to run things. And we're putting new pieces, new action items, new ways that we do things as a committee in place that Randy and I hope far outlast us. The position's never going to change mm-hmm. the person well, right? So feedback would be something that we would love to have. Okay. You can jump on one meeting and there's not going to be an expectation that you have to be on the other 11. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and keeping an eye on those local races and keeping an eye on what's happening at the local level at the local level, a lot of the Republican this, Democrat this is stripped away because in, in a lot of those cases, those people don't run with their political affiliation tied to them anyway. Mm-hmm. So when you're at that local level, keep an eye on what's going on in your city, in your county, so that something like short-term rentals, something like water quality issues doesn't sneak up. On our industry, where now we have to, we don't have a choice but to be reactive. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that whenever, in any situation, when you are putting yourself in a position to be simply reactive, mm-hmm. you're automatically behind the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's six of us on a committee. We can't keep an eye on everything that's going on. We all have other responsibilities within the industry. We're volunteers. We're doing, I, I think we're doing a, a, quite a bit. You're doing a lot. But but I think that anything that somebody feels that they could add to the committee, to the association, mm-hmm. that's where the difference is going to be because mm-hmm. as much manpower and voice and standing up and, you know, when you're called to action, if it moves you to take action, take action on it. If you want 
hey, I need more information on this topic, reach out and ask mm-hmm. us. I, I think that that would be, I know that's not one thing, but I think it's No, just, no, what I'm hearing is, first of all, pay attention. Mm-hmm. You're giving us information. We need to pay attention to it. And if it moves you, take action. Absolutely. Amen Absolutely. to that. Who can argue with that? Absolutely. Yep. And, yep. and it deserves to be said, we're saying it at the end, I wish that, and I think I weave this in a little bit more, but this is not a Republican group. This is not a Democratic group. Uh-huh. This is not a lot of those political affiliations are stripped away. The further down that totem pole you get, mm-hmm. the, the further that you move from D.C. and federal level, the less that the political affiliation mm-hmm. is driving that conversation in what I've experienced. Well, that alone, that fact alone ought to motivate people to want to get involved because that it's that fact that turns so many people I off. So. They don't want to jump into the battle zone. Absolutely. So um, that's a wonderful point and probably a great place for us to end. That's awesome. Thank okay. you all. Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I think this was very interesting. I, I, I know I learned I a lot. I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, best of luck to you and you. Um, keep sending us information. And on behalf of OCHAR members, we thank you for your efforts. Well, I thank the, the, the committee as a whole and what. Yes, and to your committee also. Yeah, Randy. Yeah. I mean, Randy and I are lock stock. We're tied at the hip when it comes to these issues. So I, I wish neat. he could have been here, but he, he's moving the ball down the field. Uh, what Ryan, our, our government affairs director has done for us, Cubs impact and, and, and helping us and keeping us on the right mm-hmm. track. It's, there's a, there's, there's a, a lot going on. Number of people. Yeah. yeah. So, so, well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. All right. This has been an episode of Welcome Home, a production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.